What's up, Bears fans? This is Blaine Wheeler, the Standard Sports Now anchor. I used to be the senior sports reporter. Now I'm moving towards anchoring as in radio and TV because that's what I want to do in my future, more of the line. And the Standard is obviously a print-based uh, organization, and so I'm, I'm trying to bring a little bit with some more podcasts. I'll be doing more through baseball season, through the rest of basketball season as like I said, that's what I want to be doing in my future. So I'm going to try to get better at it and try to bring you some great stuff to listen to through your phone, at work, on the road, whatever whatever suits. You're going to have a podcast suitable for you for Missouri State Sports right here on the Standard Sports with Blaine Wheeler. But let's get to this. Arch Madness is here. March 1st, the biggest day in college basketball. I could not be more excited. I'm the biggest college basketball fan you'll find in the nation, I swear to you. I have the big brackets selection Sunday. I'm sitting with my pen and paper writing down as they announced Arch Madness. I was eager. I was getting all the uh, possibilities of where teams could play, who could play who. Now it's all settled. Bears are a seventh seed. They play Valparaiso Thursday. They play in a play-in. Everyone's worst hope happened. No one thought the Bears – I mean, I, I mean, there obviously was a small – group of non-Lusk believers that ultimately were correct. And now the Bears sit at this seventh seed. The whole season depends on this one tournament. And like I've said, we've known it all year long. That it's just really been conference play to determine where they are. Now they're at the seven, going to play Valparaiso. Then they have an option to play Southern Illinois. And then the winner of Indiana State and Illinois State. So, Teams that the Bears have seen, obviously, it's conference tournament. This is what makes it wild. And March 1st, <laughs> anything can happen in March. You've heard it a million times. I'm going to say it. The Bears, as a seventh seed, are the first team to ever be predicted to finish first in the conference and finish below fifth. Credit to Wyatt Wheeler at the Springfield Newsletter for doing that research. But now uh, you look at you're at seventh seed. There's nothing you can do about it now. You're playing Thursday, Friday. Hopefully Saturday in the championship game into Sunday. How are you going to get there? And, and that's something I want to break down here is where I see the Missouri State Bears, where I see what they need to do and what they can do realistically here in the next couple of days and through this weekend. So let's get right to it. The Bears who <laughs> struggled, really, really struggled. You like to see them come out to northern Iowa and not lose by 15, obviously. They lose by 15. You think it. It might be a close game, as if they've played some close games before that. They played Southern Illinois to two, to Drake to three, to Bradley to a close game. All ends uh, that came down to the last minute or two. And then you go to Northern Iowa and lay an egg. Paul Lusk looked deflated. Uh, The whole team just kind of had no energy, no effort after the first 25 minutes. It was raw basketball, to say the least. So what other do you do than look at? Your next opponent in Valparaiso, you see hope there, and and try to get on a run here from the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. How do the Bears do that? Well, to get on a run, I think the Bears need to run. Paul Luskin, what he's done in the first half of the season, we saw at uh, the—I've watched this team. I want want to reiterate, I want to make this clear. I've watched every game of this team this whole season. I watched the maroon and white game even, and I've watched even to the last one in their away game and seen them in their away games and, and such. You get the idea. But in a sense, when I watched them the first time into the maroon and white game, their first time together, first time on the floor, I thought this team was going to run up and down and up and down the court. 
and beat teams in the transition with their athleticness because they are maybe other than Loyola, maybe other than a couple, maybe in the Illinois State, they are one of the top three most athletic teams in the Missouri Valley Conference. There is no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You have Alize Johnson who can put up 30 a game. You have Jared Rhodes who can put up 25. He's the best shot maker on the court at most times. You have Jared Dixon who has gotten hot as recently a 24-point game just the last two weeks ago. Career high. He's been on fire. You have Musafa Lawrence who's come on. He can create a spark. He can bring a little energy, some runs, some some scrappiness, hit the big shots. You have JT Miller who can take it to the hole. He can score 15 a game. You have Obadiah Church who is a presence in the middle. He can even score 15 or so if used correctly. And so I think the way to use all of those athletic players and all of their speed and and ability to make shots and tough shots is run the floor. The reason the Bears aren't doing this is because earlier in the season, Coach Paul Lusk said that he had guys in his on his roster that have been with him for more than two years, guys such as Alzie Johnson, Obadiah Church, uh, Jared Dixon, Jared Rhodes, guys that can pick up on his defensive mindset. They were successful earlier in the year of doing that and holding teams, but what it turned into was that defensive mindset brought the Bears playing like a slower version of uh, a slower version of what they should, like a Virginia or or a team of of slow caliber, if you understand what I'm saying. Virginia, Purdue kind of is that way right now where Paul Lusk used to coach uh, with Matt Painter. But they slowed it down. They couldn't score. And when they they slowed it down on the defensive end, it turned into offensive stagnance. They got tired. They were working hard on the defensive end, and they they were used to being set in the half court. Then they would go to the offensive side and be in a half court, slow-paced, pass the ball around, not not really attack a lot because there wasn't a lot of room for them to work. And what I see the Bears doing here in Arch Madness is creating a lot of that room to work through transition. And I think they have to, absolutely have to, to be successful because they are not going to be able to beat Loyola in the half court. They are not going to be able to beat Illinois State in the half court. Maybe even Southern Illinois in the half court. They just don't have the the X's and O's as much as I hate to say it that Lusk hasn't shown he's been able to do that at, at Northern Iowa you go and and don't score a field goal in the last eight minutes of the half there's got to be some kind of plays you can draw up to score a couple buckets at least set up a set and and run something that the Bears have shown and in summary that they cannot play half court offense very well so what do you do? You play in transition. And I see Mustafa Lawrence pushing the ball off a of steal. Jared Rhodes in the corner, bang, three. Or you could go Alizé Johnson even taking it down the floor himself and throwing it up to Obadiah Church for alley-oop. You see that. You've seen it at JQH a few times, and that is when the Bears have made their comebacks, have made their runs, have got energy, have felt the life that they should have had all year long. It's been in transition. And so I think with Paul Lusk, needs to do is push the idea that these guys get up and down the floor and try to outrun some opponents. Next, Alize Johnson. Of course, everyone knows, even opposing coaches, even every, even opposing fans know the impact that Alize Johnson could have on this tournament alone. Surprised that he is wasn't the player of the year as Clayton Custer had a heck of a year. Reed Demmer even had a heck of a year. Alize Johnson finishes second in the NBC Player of the Year voting. But 
in a sense of Alize Johnson can be a 30 point per game in this tournament if able, or 30 is obviously extreme, but I say if able because other coaches know his ability. They've seen it all year long. They, they, they played to it all year long. Other coaches have doubled him and have not allowed him to be successful the way he can. Alize Johnson is his best at the post, at the block, getting an offensive rebound and putting it right back up, or, or, or even running the floor and creating his own shot. He is, a great creating his, he is great at creating his own shot. And so what other coaches do is they push him off of the block. Whenever uh, at a young age in basketball you are taught to not allow good scores to catch the ball near the rim. That's just logistics. That's simple 2 plus 2 equals 4, or if you let him catch near the basket, it's easier for him to get into the basket, right? It's simple math. So whenever you look at Alize Johnson and what teams have do, have done, they double him hard. Even on the glass, they double him per rebound because he's such a, a a force on the rebounding end that he is doubled box out. Two guys on him boxing out, two guys on him when he catches. Two guys on him at all times. So what Alize Johnson can do to change that and still affect the tournament with those double teams is play to his true instincts of the game. It comes down to it is Alize Johnson catches at the short corner. Two guys are on him. Somebody's open. Is he going to be able to find the open man and pass it, or is he going to bowl in and, and make a dumb shot and turn the ball over? We saw that some about in Alize Johnson earlier this year. Turned a lot, turned the ball over quite a bit. He can't do that in Missouri Valley Conference play if the Bears want to be successful. So you look at you look at what he's done. He can be such a huge impact that uh, everyone, obviously, like I said, is going to be on him. But can he score at the right times and use his instincts to hone the Bears? Because he is the center. He is the centerpiece of this team. That's obvious. So can he think for the team, as in a sense of of creating things for other people and for himself? Because he is. Uh, like I said, the movement and the brains of, of really the whole offense for the Bears because that's where opposing coaches and players and everyone's looking at him. Plus, if you look at Alize Johnson, he is now predicted, uh, I just looked this up, Alec McChesney tweeted this, he is the 39th projected pick in the NBA draft. There are going to be draft scouts there watching Yarbrough, watching some of the other guys, such as Johnson. There's a lot of pressure there, too. Uh, Johnson has a ton, a ton, a ton of pressure on him in this Missouri Valley Conference tournament. And will he be able to turn that into some energy? Will that pressure turn into energy or will that pressure turn into tenseness? I think knowing Alizé Johnson, knowing his uh, character and uh, and the way he plays, I think he's going to have a big tournament, and I think he has to for the Bears to do well. So with all that said, Johnson, obviously – Going to be the eyes, going to be the people that everyone watches, and, and for good reason, so we'll see what happens. Next, people who may not be looking at so much, in a sense, of how he's done this year and produced this year is Obadiah Church. Why is Obadiah Church one of the biggest factors for the Bears in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament? Well, without Reggie Scurry, without Abdul Fufana, the team finds themselves a little shorthanded down in the post. If Obadiah Church were to get in foul trouble, you got to go with a guy like Tanvir Bular, who isn't very good around the rim, let me just say. He can't make layups consistently. 
So Obadiah Church, in a sense, has to be a smart player, has to be a, a monster, really. He has to. And if you look at what other teams have done in the past, is what you have to do when, you, when you're when you trying to break down these things is Northern Iowa went a little bit big, and they split the floor. I tweeted this earlier. They split the floor in a two-man game, pick and roll with Obadiah Church and, and possibly a guy like Mustafa Lawrence or Jared Dixon, in which they would do a pick and roll, if you know what that is, where Obadiah Church would have to hedge, and when I say hedge, he would have to stop the point guard's dribble toward the basket, and his man rolls to the basket, uh, f- creating a mismatch with him on a, a smaller guard, and uh, the smaller guard on who Obadiah Church was originally on. So, big man on small man, small man on big man. Obadiah Church has to be quick enough, has to be working fast enough and has to be literally all over the place on the defensive end for the Bears for them to be successful. Because if he isn't, uh, the undersized center and undersized Bears really will run into some trouble against opposing offenses in that sense. And so you look at what Obadiah Church can do and has done in the past of these games. Whenever Obadiah Church rebounds, the Bears usually out-rebound their opponents. That's just pure simple simple observation. So when the Bears do out-rebound their opponents, they win, uh, I would say, 90% of the time. Why? Well, when you rebound, you win, just like defense. When you play defense, well, you win. You get more opportunities. And with Alizé Johnson creating such an impact in, to opposing coaches, Ben Jacobson said after the UNI game that they wanted to have two bodies on Alizé Johnson at all times. That's why they won the rebound battle. Didn't mention Obadiah Church. So Obadiah Church, in a sense, has to be the guy that other coaches are going to have to mention and going to have to see. Maybe even you see Tanvir Bular come in and get some boards. Like I said, can't make a layup. But Obadiah Church still has to be that guy. And like I say, he has to be good in the weak side and helping and just being all over the place because the Bears need that tremendously. Lastly, in a sense of what the Bears have to do to win this tournament is have fun. You see them you see, you see them getting down. You see everyone on Paul Lusk. There's tense. Uh, this whole team, it felt like all year long a monkey's been on their back. And, and during the stretch and when they lost, lost three in a row uh, to Southern Illinois, to Drake, then to Bradley, you think the monkey was going to jump off on one of those and they were going to be free for the Missouri Valley Tournament to do whatever they really wanted and play at a high-caliber pace. Now mm, you lose four or five straight, and you come into this tournament losing any of your last ten, and you're not very hot. You have to find some kind of way to have fun and be loose and, and not worry about the Paul Lusk getting fired, not worrying about it being your last game, not worrying about a lot of fans on your because you're not playing very well. You just in a sense, have to be able to have fun. And to be able to have fun, that brings running the floor. That brings brings Alizé Johnson making the right passes. That brings Obadiah Church being all over the place because pure energy moves into pure thinking and then pure good basketball. And so what I'm looking for the Bears is just running up and down the floor, like I said, having a lot of energy. Paul Lesk feeding that energy, not hindering it because with all the, the antics that are surrounding him, it would be very easy for him to start getting worried and start getting tense and and start getting angry at his team, that can't happen. If the Bears are down, it has to be tough 
a leadership from Alize Johnson, a tough leadership from all the guys around, and, and they have to continue to have fun in order to do this. So there's a chance. There always is in March. Like I said, it's March. Anything can happen. Uh, the Bears look to Valpo Thursday. Then they look to Southern Illinois Friday if they win. And if they beat Southern Illinois, then they'll probably see uh, Indiana or Illinois State, excuse me, that is the winner of Indiana State, Illinois State, Illinois State, the three seed, and then probably Loyola in the championship if they make it that far. I, I'm not going to talk about the Lusk antics. I, I mean, I could go there. You could see if Lusk loses, what's going to happen. Well, he's probably going to be fired. It's it's pretty uh, black and white by now. So uh, we'll, we'll see what Cliff Smart, Kyle Motes, and, and all them have to say after the game because there's no more breaking down of that other than just seeing what happens. And uh, once it happens, I'll be talking more on it. And, and what, whatever the Bears do, Figure out whatever whatever they do, however they play, we will see. And I'll, I will break it down for you and have another podcast here on Anchor FM. This is a Blaine Wheeler station, again, a, a senior anchor for the Standard Sports. I appreciate your listen and uh, have some fun watching this, this Bear squad and, and the rest of March.